ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Wednesday, November 13th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. we got a lot to get into. College football championship is going to be decided here later on this year, thereabouts. And the selection committee comes out with their rankings. We're going to go over that today. Also, busy day for Herd Athletics. Marshall gets a national letter of intent. We've also got volleyball adding to their ranks. Tony Kemper signs one out of Tampa, Florida. So we're going to get into all of that. And, of course, we will take your phone calls. Plus, let's be honest, I can't start the day without talking about one of the biggest college basketball upsets. And I don't know when. It's been a while. Evansville beating number 1 Kentucky 67-64 last night in Lexington. That is the program's first ever, first ever victory over a number 1 ranked team. Can you believe that? Kentucky. They ascend to number one. It's a spot where Kentucky fans believe Kentucky belongs at almost all times. And you go into Rupp Arena, you're nationally ranked number one, and you lose to Evansville. Evansville. You miss a three-pointer at the buzzer. If you hit that, okay, you can save the day. But you don't hit that. And so you walk out of Rupp Arena, a place where you go in usually at all times and win, especially over unranked opponents, non-conference opponents, for the most part, don't go into Rupp Arena and win. It's that good of a place. And Kentucky loses last night. Now that's big. College basketball will be a shakeup. How far do you drop them now? I mean, they're still Kentucky. They're going to get the majority of the wins, right? That's what we think anyway. They get out coach. Coach Cal was even saying that. Hey, look, I got out coached. He was up front with that. So how far do you drop them? Two, three, four, ten spots maybe? They've got to climb to get back up now. And you, you can't just drop them a spot or two. You lose to Evansville. No disrespect to Evansville, but this isn't like losing to Michigan State or losing to Duke or losing to Kansas. If you're Michigan State, you lose to Kentucky, and you think, okay, close loss, nine times out of ten. This is going to go down to the wire. If you play this thing 50 times, you know you might win 25. If you play this thing 100 times, you might win 50. You feel, okay, we've got things to work on. If you're Michigan State, if you're Kentucky and you lose to Evansville, all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, we got things to work on because ultimately – if Kentucky played Evansville 100 times, 99 times, Kentucky wins that game except for, well, the one that counted, and that's last night. So Kentucky goes down. We're going to have the new number one. Hello, Duke Blue Devils. Welcome back to your number one spot. We'll see how long they can hang on to that. So 
We've got that to get into. Also, we will talk Marshall men's basketball. I'm looking forward to getting into that. And, of course, the selection committee, the rankings. We'll focus on a couple of things with those. We'll focus on top four, obviously. The teams that are not in the top four. And we'll look at the group of five schools. Out of curiosity, we'll see where the group of five stands right now. I mean, here's a great thing. Marshall has lost to two ranked teams. I'm not into those kind of victories either, but you look at the schedule. Marshall played two ranked teams and lost to them. That's not terrible. You lose to Middle Tennessee and you still scratch your head over that one. You wish you could get that one back. But you've worked your way back to a point where if you win out, you control your own destiny. And I'll give Doc Holliday and his staff a lot of credit. They were saying that, and I'm saying, no, you don't control your own destiny. You do not. Middle Tennessee controls your destiny. At the time, it was a valid statement, but they have to stay the course. They have to tell these kids, look, go 1-0 every week, win out. Marshall? Marshall football will be fine. And so here it is. Marshall football is in a good spot. Of course, the game coming up on Friday. We'll have it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 on a usual basis, but that's not going to be the case. We are going to be over on 93.7 The Dog. So, So you don't get confused. Here's the game plan. Marshall basketball, Friday night also, that's going to be on... 94.1 FM and AM 930, and Marshall football, as I mentioned, usually right here. That's going to be on 93.7 The Dong. And at 4 o'clock, we will begin our pregame coverage. Then we will have all of the football action after football's over and basketball's over. Hopefully you can join us on 93.7 The Dog for our postgame. We'll see how things go throughout the night. Hopefully we're talking about a herd victory in basketball and a herd victory in football. No matter the case, we'll break down both games coming up on Friday after the football game is over on 93-7 The Dog. So that's what that looks like. And as a program, no Huntington High in action on Friday as well. That'll be on 97-9 The River. So if you're looking for Huntington High football, usually on its Friday night location, which is right here, it's not going to be the case. You're going to have to tune over to 97.9 The River. Don't do it now, though. I mean, they've got some pretty cool music going on, but don't do that right now. Do it later. That's fine. You can do it later. Next hour, usually that's reserved for Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. Instead, that is not happening tonight. And then after we get done at 6 o'clock with the statewide sports line, we will come back at 7 o'clock for the Doc Holiday Show. That is happening. So no Inside Herd Athletics tonight at 6. However, the Doc Holiday Show coming up at 7 right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So when we come back from break, we're going to break down college football selection committees, rankings. What's that mean for certain teams? We'll take a look at the group of five teams, which one has the inside track, and We'll make time for your phone calls. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
Well, the selection committee rankings are out. Where's your favorite team end up? Well, I know your favorite team might be Marshall. I'm not in these rankings. West Virginia, not in these rankings. Kentucky, not in these rankings. If Ohio State's one of your favorite teams, end these rankings. Here's the top four, and then we'll break down the rest of the rankings. So LSU, number one team. That's a no-brainer at this moment. Beating Alabama, one versus two matchup, and Alabama falls. LSU is top kid right now. Now, number two is Ohio State. Again, I'm completely on board with that. Some might say Ohio State's one, LSU is two. Some might flip those back. Doesn't matter right now. I think one and two, perfect places for both LSU and Ohio State. If they maintain this course, they're going to settle it on the football field anyway. Now, Clemson is third, 10-0 record. Makes sense. They're undefeated. Tough conference. you got to give it to them. And then you look at four and five. If the playoffs began today, these were the final rankings, Georgia would be the fourth team. So let's look at this. Alabama drops out of the top four. They're fifth now. So you would have LSU, right? LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia. Now, again, this is going to change. This is going to play out differently. It's not going to end up these four. I'll guarantee you that right now. I don't see that happening. But as it stands right now, this is your playoff. And again, this is meaningless. You know why this is meaningless? Because it's not the final rankings. The only rankings that matter are the final rankings. Now, it's kind of nice to know where you're at, where your position is. Some of this is, of course, theatrics. We've got to have a presentation show. We just don't release the rankings. This is a made-for-television event. And here it is. We discussed this. But did Alabama drop too far? Should they be four? Should Georgia be five? That's a good question right there. And then here's Oregon. Oregon's coming in at number six. And they've got an 8-1 record. Oregon maybe put themselves in a position where you could see Oregon getting into the top four. Is that a possibility? I know that could be an outside-looking-in scenario. But Oregon, don't, don't count them out just yet. And then you've got Utah. Utah is number seven. They're eight and one. I don't see Utah making it in. I think Utah might get as high as six or five, maybe. We'll see. I just don't see them getting into that final four. Now, you've got Minnesota at eight. They're undefeated at nine and oh. You look at Minnesota's resume, is eight too low? Eight just right? Minnesota, of course, has an opportunity to prove themselves and play their way in. All they have to do is remain undefeated. I think they would play themselves in. That's a big if, though, staying undefeated. I mean, we can't guarantee that for anyone right now, including Ohio State or LSU. But if Minnesota, they go undefeated, I don't think you deny them. I don't think you can at that point. Now, Penn State, outside looking in right now, an 8-1 record. They're ninth. Oklahoma, again, an outside looking in scenario. They are 10th. Florida is 11th, 8-2 record. Auburn, with their 7-2 and two record, is 12. I don't see much hope for any of these teams. Florida, Auburn, these are two lost teams. I don't see much hope, if any, for a two-loss team. Same thing with Wisconsin at 7-2, and two, Michigan at 7-2, and two, Notre Dame at 7-2. and two. These schools I don't have much hope for with two losses. 
And right in the middle of all those teams, there's undefeated Baylor at 9-0. and Should Baylor be higher? Now, Baylor's going to have an opportunity to prove themselves as well. What if Baylor goes undefeated? What if Baylor goes undefeated? Can you deny them? Would you put an undefeated Baylor in over a one-loss Alabama? Think about that. What's the committee's job here? The committee's job is to put together what they believe is the best bracket, the best four teams. And they're not basing it on necessarily if you go undefeated. Because if that's the case, then right now it should be LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Minnesota, Baylor. That should be your top five. You're basing everything on records. But Baylor at 13, I'm sure they feel like they should be higher. They've got some work to do if they want to continue on and at least make an argument. And, again, that's part of the drama of this. Lobbying, making the argument, making the case. I don't know if the committee is going to be swayed by a coach's plea or fans or pundits, talking heads, people on radio. You know, you're listening to one. I don't know if they're going to be convinced. I can go in there and make the argument for Baylor. I can make the argument for Minnesota. I could go in there, talk to them, not going to be convinced. They've got their own criteria. And then you've got the group of five area. We still got some teams in there, but the group of five starts showing up around these parts. 17 Cincinnati, one loss, Ohio State. It's a pretty decent team to lose to. They're okay. They're only the number two team in the country. Memphis comes in at 18. How about Memphis? 18. Eight and one record as well. And then you've got Texas at 19 at six and three. Iowa is 20th with their 6-3 and three record. We look at Boise State. They are 21st with an 8-1 and one record. Then Oklahoma State is 22nd at 6-3. and three. Navy, one loss Navy, 23rd in the country. I like that. I love seeing Navy up there. I wish we could see more of Navy. Army as well. I'd like to see them back in the argument. You know, I don't think we're ever going to be back to the days where Army is competing for a national championship. But you know what? It's great talk about college football at its finest, those old days of Army, Navy, Army, Notre Dame. Those were great days. I personally didn't live through them. Uh, I've heard they're great from um, noted historian of all things historical, Woody Woodrum, but that's a great time at football. 24th, Kansas State. They're 6-3. and three. No hope for them. Again, 6-3 and three team. They're in the top 25. I had no hope for them here. No hope whatsoever. Three losses, you're not going to see them move too far up unless we just had a, a total collapse here over the last few weeks, and I don't see that happening. And then here's Appalachian State, 8-1 and one coming out of the Sun Belt. They are 25th. This is a team that has been pegged by times as maybe where Marshall should be. Marshall. You remember Marshall? Familiar with the school? Ran through people in the 90s. Winning his team in the 90s. Had some success in the early 2000s as well. You remember Marshall? Yeah, familiar with them. Well, Marshall, if Marshall was having Marshall success back in those days with these rankings, I mean, Marshall would probably be in this conversation. I'm not saying they would be the odds-on favorite to get a New Year's Six Bowl, but they would be in this conversation. As it stands, here's Appalachian State. Remember, Marshall used to be uh, below Appalachian State, on par with Appalachian State, ahead of Appalachian State, and now look at Appalachian State. 
at 8-1. and one. They made a nice transition to the Division I ranks. So the group of five schools we're most concerned with, Cincinnati, Memphis, Boise State, and Appalachian State. Of these teams right now, Cincinnati, Memphis, probably the team with the best shot. Right? I think so. I think those two teams, probably the best team, best shot here. However, this is a big however, there's still Boise State out there. What if Boise State makes a run? Memphis, Cincinnati falter somewhere. I don't think Appalachian State can make up enough ground. But you look at the records here, Cincinnati's going to have to probably go winless. I'm sorry, we're going to have to win out the rest of the way. Same thing with Memphis. So Cincinnati and Memphis, somebody's going to damage the other one. Boise State's going to have to win out probably if they want to be in the conversation. Appalachian State's going to have to win out. Hope some things happen here. Or, again, Appalachian State could do something to change because just because you're 25 this week doesn't mean you're going to be 25 next week. You could jump up to 18. Because they re-rank. They don't go, okay, here's LSU. They're the number one team, and Alabama's number two, so we're just going to drop them a spot because they lost. No, if I understand this, they're going to re-rank these as they should because, again, you're looking at the best teams in college football as of this moment. Clemson could come out and just look terrible, and you're thinking, okay, well, Georgia looks better. Oregon could come out and look great. Alabama could come out and just look terrible again, and they're going to re-rank these. Alabama could look terrible in a win. Oregon could look fantastic in a win, and you can see Oregon jump Alabama. There's that possibility completely. But as it stands right now, I'm looking. I'm putting my money maybe on Memphis. Cincinnati's pretty good, though. As far as your group of five, for everybody else, my money right now is LSU and Ohio State. Clemson, I'm pretty sure, not going anywhere. I don't know about that Georgia, Alabama. I don't know about that. I think there's going to have to be a decision made. Something's going to have to happen to solidify one of those teams. And there's still plenty of games left to be played. This is not going to be the Final Four. It's not. There's a possibility that it looks close to this. But I will say right now, I'm going to lock LSU in, and unless something crazy happens, I'm locking Ohio State in, and I'm probably locking Clemson in. Those are my three locks with the fourth floating. Where is it going to go? 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy day for some in the Thundering Herd camps. Marshall basketball, both men and women, getting signees today. Volleyball, adding four players to their signing class. We will run down what happened for volleyball, women's basketball later, but let's focus on men right now. As, of course, the Thundering Herd getting set for their game against Notre Dame. We'll have that for you Friday night here exclusively on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 as the football game will be broadcast on 93.7 The Dog during the conflict. So basketball here, football on 93.7 The Dog. So 
Today, Marshall receives the National Letter of Intent from Obana Anakle Killen. He is from Chapmanville. He'll be ready for the 2020 and 21 season. Here's what Marshall's getting. You're getting a local product for one. You're getting a six foot nine forward from Chapmanville. You're getting a kid that averages 15 points, nine rebounds, and four blocks per game. You're also getting an individual that has some championship experience, back-to-back West Virginia State championships in 2018 and 19. And that's important. Kids who have winning cultures in their background, that's what they're used to. That's good. That You want that. I mean, you can't go out and just say, if you haven't won a championship, we don't want you. But if you get a kid who has won championship, they know what winning cultures look like. And you want to add to your culture, you're trying to create a winning culture, you go get winners. I mean, it's nothing other than this kid knows what it takes to win. This is the type of kid we want, a kid that goes out and knows what it takes to win. Kids are playing championships, kids who contend for championships, they know how to win. Doesn't mean you can't go out and get a kid that was on a terrible team, just didn't have what he needed to make a championship run, can't do it all by yourself. Doesn't mean that. Just here's a kid, won some championships, guess what? That's going to be valuable. You'll take that. Also, ESPN's ranking him as the third best recruit in West Virginia and the 41st best power forward in this year's recruiting class. Depending on your ranking service, three- or four-star recruit had offers from South Florida, New Mexico, Temple, Cincinnati, VCU, Penn State. Those were some of the offers that were coming in. The good, I think, pickup for Dan D'Antoni. Solid pickup. You're getting some length there. Six foot nine forward. Going to be perfect for the Dan D'Antoni School of Basketball. Here's what Dan said in the release earlier today. He said that one of the state's best chose Marshall. It's good for Marshall and it's good for him. I think he made a wise choice. He's going to be playing in front of people who have cared for him the last four years. It should be exciting times, and he made us a lot better. Talking about what he can do on the defense. You know the old joke, there's no D in D'Antoni. Well, here's what Danny said. Said he's a basically said he does a great job on the defensive end. He's a great defender. He has great length. He fits into our system, being able to play different positions. Not only can he guard inside, he can guard outside. Moving forward into offense, we think he can go all in directions too. He can play on the perimeter or as an inside guy. We're looking forward to it. Here's what Danny said. I'm Tickle Pink. He chose Marshall. He's Tickle Pink. So he's going to be on the squad. Devin Collins will be hooking up with his former teammate from Chapmanville. Collins, a freshman on the roster. Guess what? Getting that Chapmanville connection going, right? Pretty good. How's Danny doing it? How's he getting it done? Well, first and foremost, he's identifying kids in the state of West Virginia that can play for him. This is a key for him because he will go and look at a kid that might not get any other in-state offers. He might go after a kid that maybe isn't considered D1 talent. In this case, I think... That doesn't apply because, again, you've got a kid that was uh, considered by ESPN as the third best recruit in West Virginia, 41st best power forward in the recruiting class. 
There's some quality talent in the state of West Virginia, plenty of talent to go around. You just got to go find it. And Danny is bringing that connection back. Hey, you want to play where your family can see you, your friends can see you, you're important, you're an in-state kid. I mean, very important. Football needs to do more of that as well. Find those in-state kids that can play at the level that Marshall needs and go after them. I would, I would make a full-court press, borrow a basketball term. Any kid that has potential to play at a high level, I'm talking to. I'm knocking on their door. I'm talking to everything that I can do legally as a recruit. I'm doing Anything I can do to recruit somebody legally, I'm doing it. Everything. I'm not going to send balloons or anything, but let's just be honest here. I would have a full court press on anybody in the state. You're not going to get them all. You're not. Some kids want to go elsewhere, get out of the state. Some kids want to go to schools that have an academic program that maybe is not at Marshall. Or sometimes, let's be honest, you go where your friends are. You go where other people are going that you have relationships with, all these things happen. You're talking to young men and women when you recruit, but I would make sure any serious talent that can play at the level you need, I'm talking to. I'm making sure that kids in the state of West Virginia, kids in the immediate area in Ohio, Kentucky, I'm doing that too. And that's what Danny's been doing. He's been successful. He's not afraid to go talk to kids from the state and say, look, I think he can play here. Because after all, this kid got recruiting looks from South Florida, VCU, Temple, Cincinnati, Penn State, New Mexico. You're telling me those aren't quality schools? So they're paying attention. Danny's paying attention. And so Danny gets uh, gets the, the sign today and immediately next season I think that's going to make the team a lot better got to get through this season of course and Marshall's got an opportunity to do so they are taking on Notre Dame that would be a bounce back if you could make that happen you're looking at a way to bounce back get that Toledo game get the taste of that out of your system just want to forget Toledo forget that you'll see them again later you can you can settle up with them later Play Notre Dame. Play them tough. Get your system where you want it to go. Get your rotations right. Make your changes. Make your adjustments. And honestly, Danny jokes around like, hey, the less I have to coach, the better the team is. Yeah, that's true. Throw the ball out there and and let them go, and hopefully everything you've taught them and told them they're going to put to good use. But and we're going to see some coaching adjustments from Dan. He's going to get his lineup to where he wants it, get his rotations to where he wants it, and get the best group out there at all times. I look for a different performance against Notre Dame. I truly do. I'm going to be surprised if it's a nasty-looking game and Marshall gets handled. I'll be surprised. I think they will respond. I will, however, take note of how they do respond. However they respond here is going to be – a good indicator for me for a while at least. And I'm not saying this is going to define the team. Three games in, this is going to define the team. Same thing with the Kentucky loss against Evansville. Is that going to define Kentucky basketball this season? For some, yes, it's going to. 
877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy day for basketball, both men and women. Tony Kemper, he got his um, he got his recruit today. Kariah Mays, she goes by CC. That was the announcement today that uh, head coach Tony Kemper made that uh, she is uh, going to be part of the Thundering Herd. So she signs with Marshall. She joins the team from Tampa, Florida. She's going to be a freshman in the 2020-21 season. Here's what Coach Kemper said about her. CC is a tough fiery guard that loves to compete. She is going to be a great asset on both sides of the ball throughout her Marshall career. She plays the game in an aggressive manner that is fun to watch. You better be. Again, I've seen Coach run his practice. You better be. You better be aggressive out there. Now, she's been a place or two. I was trying to put this together. She started her high school career playing for Carroll Wood Day School, named to the all-county first team as a freshman, and it was also nominated for the Tampa Bay Times Home Team Hotshot. Now, what she do for Carol Wood? Well, yeah, she had the school's first ever quadruple double with 10 points, 14 assists. She had 11 rebounds in there, 12 steals, you know, stuff I could do on a daily basis, right? Um, her team was state runner-up after losing the Florida A&M University Development Research School. So, again, here's someone who has made a run for a championship and knows a little bit about what it takes to be a champion or to make the run to get to that point. Now, she transferred to Sefner Christian Academy for her junior year, and uh, she did miss out on most of the season. She had an injury. So she does hope to bounce back, kind of help Sefner into the postseason as the um, team Looking for her to really, well, let's put it to you this way. 10 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds, 12 steals in a game. Yeah, you're hoping to get some performances like that. So this is the signee for Marshall basketball, Tony Kemper. Marshall gets one on both the men's side and the women's side. Guess what volleyball does? Volleyball's like, okay, you sign two, we'll sign four. We'll get four out of um, our, our signings today. And so Ari Agnes and the formal release, again, new coach trying to put together a program, put her stamp on it, build her culture. She's done great job so far with players she did not recruit. She inherited a team, and she's been able to do a, a great deal of Good things, honestly. She went out today and picked up four so she can start putting her fingerprints more on the future of Marshall Volleyball. So she picked up today Anna Caligano, Alyssa Evans, Treasure Rutherford, and Dominique Turner. So these will be young ladies who will be freshmen in the fall. Coach said today she is excited for this first recruiting class that her and her staff have put together. Quote, each of these young women bring their own style and energy to our program. They are a fun group that work hard and have been brought in 
from the day they stepped on the campus for a visit or have bought in. I am sorry. They have bought in, brought in. They've been bought. See, they've been bought in from day one. They stepped on campus. You know why? Because they saw a coach dressed as Big Bird. That's it. They saw a coach dressed as Cookie Monster, a coach dressed up as Big Bird. They saw staff dressed as Elmo practicing their trick-or-treat costumes or Halloween costumes, and they probably all bought in like, okay, this this is where we want to be. This is exactly the school we want to be where you can practice dressed up as Big Bird or Cookie Monster or any other fantastic Halloween creation you could come up with. I mean, look at it. Look at the volleyball team. What's one of their characteristics? What's one of their hallmarks? They work hard. They're tough. It's a reflection of their coach. And I'm not saying that they're the most fun bunch at Marshall University, but I'm putting putting serious, 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 serious consideration into naming them the most fun team of 2019. They're having fun out there. Team that's having more fun, though, right now. Volleyball, men's soccer. Which team's having more fun right now? I think soccer's having more fun. Winning all the awards. I mean, just winning all the awards. Because, again, Marshall is becoming a soccer school. The day is here. Marshall is a soccer school. If Marshall wins the Conference USA tournament, gets into the NCAA tournament, starts winning some games, the transition will fully be in place. Marshall will be a soccer school. You know how Rice is a baseball school? Guess what? Marshall will be a soccer school. And in a few years, if things hit right, Marshall could be a baseball school as well. I mean, Marshall used to be a basketball school, and that's what Dan D'Antoni's trying to put together again, trying to make that school a basketball school. Getting the fans to come back out. What's he done? Well, they got into the NCAA tournament for the first time, and I don't know when. That's exaggeration for I know, but it's been a long time. Then they, the following year, couldn't get back to the NCAA tournament, but they were able to get into a postseason tournament. A lot of that was to get these teams um, ready for next year, get these guys ready for hopefully bigger and better things the following year. They win a championship. John Elmore gets a set of records. C.J. Burks gets to set a higher ratio of points. You know what I'm talking about. These guys got to uh, finish their career pretty high up, up the stat chart, get to win a championship, a postseason tournament championship with these guys. you got something positive to build upon. Come on, everybody likes to win something. You win a postseason tournament, you feel good, right? Everybody likes to win something. And so now, Marshall's trying to become a basketball school. Marshall's becoming a soccer school. And I look for volleyball to really make a run here. And we haven't forgot softball. Softball is uh, truly not forgotten in all of this. And that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Don't forget, coming up 7 o'clock, it's going to be the Doc Holiday Show. Inside Herd Athletics, Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. That is not coming up next. That show has been uh, canceled for today. 
We will have it back hopefully next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.